Welcome to episode 19 of the Comedy Defect Podcast. My name's Winter Fonander, I'm a comedian. This episode is episode 19 with David Tassonis. David Tassonis is a Canadian comic. He's been in the UK about two years. He's been going the best part of 20. Very funny man, great guy to have in a car journey with. You're going to really enjoy this one. But what's been happening with me? Well, I tell you, there's been a lot happening with me. I'm still trying to move into a missus's place, trying to get rid of all the big stuff. Otherwise, I'm going to have to leave it out on the street, which I can't do. Council will charge me for that. So I don't want that to happen. Um, so I'm going to try and, I'm trying, as I say, the, the, the expression is downsize. I had a really good night's sleep the other night. Um, even though I've got a lot to do, I went to bed at 10, woke up the next day at about about half nine. It was great. Uh, a little bit too good, to be honest. I, I wasn't sure how I could deal with my day with that much energy uh, in, in my system. I, I'm used to functioning on like six hours sleep a night. This this was not a good a good uh, day for me. It didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I was properly there. I didn't feel like I was on the edge. I don't think I'll do that again. I think I think that too much sleep is is a bad thing. I think at about ten hours sleep, not a good thing to do. No, it, I, I won't do that again. It's um, it's definitely you know what they say: early to bed, early to rise. I think maybe eight hours is just the limit, I think, maybe. Maybe just stick to six. I just feel like I'm living on the edge. I'm living, experiencing more life. That's what I think I'm, I'm doing. Maybe I'll go for five hours. I don't know. We'll see. But you're going to really enjoy this episode with Dave Tassonis because I had a lot of fun talking to him. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. We're there at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Fonander. If you want to come see my live stand-up gig dates, you can find them on my website, which is winterfonander.com. If you like this podcast and you want to donate to us, you can go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast and donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick something back to us, just leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean because it really helps. That's all I'm going to say for this intro. Episode 19, Dave Tassonis. Enjoy. Hi, David, and welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. How you doing, man? Thank you. Good. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my abode, making the trip down here to South East London. South East London. Yeah, you can tell by my accent that I'm a local. <laughs> and how long have you been here? Uh, in this place or in London now? Well, uh, in this one. In, in this, this one, about a year here and two years in London. A little over two years in London. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you come from Canada? Yep. Canadian? Uh, yep. Yeah, that would be <laughs> <laughs> the place of full name. Yeah, born in Montreal, yeah. and then I started doing comedy in Vancouver, mm. and then about seven years in Vancouver, and then I moved to Toronto. And before yeah. I moved here, I was in Toronto doing comedy. And which is the best place for comedy in Canada? Well, that's debatable. That's that opens up a whole can. I think you should start off in a smaller area, and then eventually you have to move to Toronto because there's more clubs and simply more population. Mm. In Toronto, that's probably the best way that most people do it. But some people live in a small place, just like here in the UK. Some people become big fish in small ponds. Mm. They make up their own little, you know, entity in smaller cities. Mm. And is that what you're doing here? So you're like south in southeast London, and then just spread out, or just like it's just so connected, London. So you yeah, yeah, yeah it's so connected. Yeah, I'm London. Village. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not not becoming the southeast in. I should become the southeast uh, London comic. I should be known as that, but I'm afraid I don't represent. Have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, well, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of uh, comics who start off in the southwest of the country, isn't there? There's yeah. loads of gigs down that end, neck of the woods. Yeah, there is. Some yeah. big down there, and then yeah. it's kind of spread out. And, yeah. Just infect the rest. Yeah, every town out there seems to be doing a comedy night at one point or another, don't they? Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a lot of characters down that neck of the woods as well. Yeah. You came over here to pursue the comedy and stuff. Yeah. And exactly. you did a fringe show this year called Professional Auditioner. Yes, it? yeah. you got to be careful. Uh, I, I think, well, it's my second year doing it. Last year I did one called Walking the Cat. Mm. Right, which was it had generally this, stuff. This cat yeah, there she is. Yeah, right. So you can't. We're on radio. You can't point something out on radio. Oh <laughs> my, radio. We're on a podcast. Yeah, you well, can't point out the cat. We're she on air, man. We're on air. Yeah. And, and what? What's the name of your cat? This is Mitzi. Mitzi. Oh, yeah. Okay. I had a dog called Mitzi. Did you? Uh, she was uh, a. That's a separate podcast, right there. Okay, sorry, man. Yeah. So, so it's not about me. With it's not, <laughs> talking about myself in the third person now. I'm telling myself off in the third person. Oh God, I hate myself. I need to create another the person for hate that's yeah. what I need to do but, um, different podcast yeah. called Animals Being Mitzi <laughs> sorry so you, yeah. you, got, you did last year you did last year it was called Walking the Cat and, and Walking the Cat was like it was a lot about cat ownership but it had more general stuff in it as well mm. you know anyone who's had a pet or known somebody who has a pet so what I found is that this year because it was a professional auditioner it was very specific it was a lot about the acting career and auditions and extra work and all sorts of things like that 
So the only problem was is that when you have something that more people can relate to, so last year Walking the Cat, people can relate to it more, um, people who came in off the streets enjoyed it. Whereas professional auditioner, it was tough for anyone to just walk in off mm-hmm. the street. Mm-hmm. So the people who knew what it was about and came in there quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But my Saturdays, it's so weird to say this, but I did not enjoy Saturdays mm-hmm. in the French because you got a lot of drunk people. Yeah. You got, it was at 8.30 at night too, right? So I mean, you, I knew I was going to get a few, but my last Saturday, I actually didn't fly her. Right. And my last day, I actually didn't let a few people in who I thought, like, I don't think this is for you. Mm-hmm. I generally turned four people away. Wow. I got in trouble for it too by the venue. Oh, really? Who yeah. did you go with? Uh, it was P- it was a it was a PBH, but the Pacific venue was called Nightcap. I can't believe we're naming names here. Okay. Nightcap in yeah. uh, in in Edinburgh. Yeah, right. How many seater was your room? It's about a forty seater. Oh, right. that's decent. Then. Yeah, it's yeah. A great, great show. Did yeah. you actually might, might walk away making money this year? Yeah, yeah. It was okay. It was all right. Mm. I didn't go. You know, super expensive. People pay for PR mm. and they pay for uh, all the advertising, and, and I just go pretty cheap because. It's just something that, you know, the word fringe still means mm. something to me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and unfortunately, some people don't take that as a, you're competing against people who have 10,000 pounds. Yeah. And my idea is like, I, if I don't have 10,000 pounds, then I'm not even going to try. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'll just go under the radar. You go out there, you do it, you try to get some reviews. You mm. get the people in who are going to enjoy it. And some people, like I've been there two years now, and people have come back and watched me again. Mm, great. So, you know, you do that for five years and you build up enough of an audience who keeps coming back to see your shows. That's it. great, yeah. That's it. It's, you know, it's a marathon, isn't it? You're yeah. not going not, not to go for the big hit, big money pit, and then just yeah. get disillusioned and, and give up. Yeah. But, I mean, you've been going comedy, what, at least 10 years now, have you? Uh, since, two, since 1999. Since 17 years. Oh, thank you. Trying to do the math here. <laughs> Just doing a nosebleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You an actor first? No, no, no. Uh, I, I, the acting doesn't really, hasn't really, you have to come see the show. The acting hasn't really taken off. Right. So I always thought, like, when I started off, I thought I would be an actor who sometimes do comedy. And it ended up that I was a comedian who very rarely does any acting work. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. I auditioned. That's the whole thing why it's okay. called professional auditioner. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. I guess it was so... It's funny when you go to Edinburgh and you don't, you don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. my show is called Professional Auditioner, and some people came because they thought it was called Professional Auctioneer. Okay. And four people come in, and that was about halfway through. That means that perhaps before people came in and didn't tell me that's what they came in for. That's what scares me now. I'm wondering mm-hmm. how many people just didn't bring it up. Yeah. But since those four people admitted it to it after that I was like does everyone have the right show you know what I mean yeah. I made a joke about it and that's how I started off the that's show that's great that's a nice intro yeah it? yeah, and yeah. The people, people raise their hands bidding yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what are you bidding on are you yeah. bidding on me yeah. <laughs> this is I, don't, I don't know who would have a professional auctioneer show or who would be excited about seeing a auctioneer show that's what cracks me up these four people are like wow this should be good professional auctioneer yeah. well it's going to be an hour of someone doing auctioning work I don't know what it was like maybe one day I'll do a professional auctioneer show what the hell People walk in like they're very well, well to do, well dressed up, and like with with clipboards, so like, yeah. like estate agents. You know, with like, yeah. oh, I thought we were going to buy some houses today. Yeah. What, what's going exactly. on here? Hmm. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. False advertising. Yeah. What? Hmm. And they were mad at me too. Like, oh, I thought. Did you mean for like? No, look on the poster and like. I- <laughs> like, like my fault that they're idiots they can't read yeah. oh, that's great. but that's that's Edinburgh for you right and do you get enough reviews this year as well I didn't get too many uh, reviews this year all the other ones were pretty positive mm. um, the year before I had five in total and only one bad one from Broadway Baby I hate you oh. and mm. uh, all the other ones were really good I got a nice one from Chortle that's up there but this year like I said it was a bit more kind of under the radar I didn't get my room until a bit late right and because it was something specific, it was one of those things that I didn't really push for the reviews. I mm-hmm. probably should have, but it was one of those things that I was just like, eee. But walking the, this goes. walking the Cat, that yeah. kind of good reviews as yeah. well. Yeah. But it's always good to have a, 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 like a hook like that, isn't it? Yeah. There's lots of cat things, themed yeah. things. And, uh, and that got great reviews as well. Yeah, but it, it was the same kind of thing. But I could play with it more. Whereas mm. professional auditioner, I can't, I can't play with. So... Like, to me, it's like I have to, you have to write a show that you're going to do during the week, and mm-hmm. then you have to be able to kind of play with it for your Friday and Saturday night crowd. Mm-hmm. Or, if, I guess if you're in the afternoon, but still Sunday in the afternoon, you might get a couple of drunks. Saturday, Sunday afternoon, you might get a few drinks. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like you have to plan for that a bit better. Yeah. Depending on where you are, of course. Uh, but, yeah, and, and you're not going to know till the first week. But that first weekend, you'll be like, oh, okay, Saturday I have to do other stuff I mm. have to you know sometimes you might have a couple of long stories cut those stories out do yeah. a couple more gags mm-hmm. like but you know it's just a pain but 
That's the way it goes. Shuffle as you go, sort of yeah. thing. And, yeah. And did you, did, can you use any of that stuff for your stand-up? Or? Uh, everything in Walking the Cat can be kind of used. There's a few stories in there that just are too long-winded. Mm. Uh, but professional auditioner, it was more uh, PowerPoint presentation. Okay, great. So what I specifically wanted to do is that when you do spots, because you go up in Edinburgh and you do spots at other people's shows mm. and try to promote your own. So when I did a spot, it was like 100% different than what was in my mm-hmm. show. So it's just like, okay, you like my style of comedy, now I've introduced myself, come see cool. an hour totally different of what yeah. you just saw. Because otherwise it's not going to make any coherent sense, is it? Yeah, it is for people who are were there for it, you mm. know what I mean? So And, and you know, it, it, if it was something that interests you, people mm. enjoyed it, yeah. Actually, you know what's really weird is that, uh, this is another thing, there's so many great stories when you go up there. But I was doing a show, and it's so weird because comedy is so different. You have the lights on you in this club. You could see the front row. You can't see everybody. Mm. But in these smaller rooms that you're doing Fringe, you can actually see everyone's face. Mm. You know, some smaller comedy rooms you can too. So I was doing the show, and there was these two lovely ladies that were there. They were enjoying the show. And then we got to a particular part where they started whispering to each other. Mm. And one of them was still laughing, and the other one got really uh, solemn. She got really quiet. Mm. And I I looked over. I go, "Is, is everything okay? And I could tell. Doing stand-up for so long, like, I said something to piss her off. Something right. set her off. She wasn't happy. And I just, it was so weird, because normally I just let him go, let him leave, but unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it was good, because I went upstairs, and they were sitting at the bar having a drink, mm. and I said, uh, they said, oh, we enjoyed your show. I said, i got to tell you, did I say something? Or, or you know, that's what's so weird about Fringe, because you mm. never do this in a comedy show. You never <laughs> confront somebody, you know? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never Why do that. you love you me? You never, I hide backstage when everyone's gone, I leave, you know what I mean? I never go out and do yeah. that. But yeah. like I said, it's just, it's different. Please love me. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even full. So, I mean, there, it seats 40. It was only 25 people in there that yeah. day. You, you know, you, you could see these people again, right? You know, you know? Mm-hmm. And it turns out, I have a lot of stuff about some roles that I auditioned for as a police officer. She's a police officer. Right. So she does not like portrayals of police officers. So I saw okay. clips of cops and I auditioned for cops and I got yeah. pictures of me and she really doesn't like that stuff. So it wasn't me, particular, yeah. and of course, what are the odds, yeah. you know what I mean, that she'd come to a show and it'd be about, you know, what, stuff but, like that. But it's acting, it's not, you're not... Yeah, like, even... but I understand, okay, I understand, all right, yeah, all right. I understand. If you've ever seen, there's not many, yeah. uh, because there's a great documentary, it's uh, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedian, and that's mm. really a good movie about mm-hmm. being a comic. Yep. And then there's an old movie called Punchline, have you ever seen that one? Not that one, no. Oh, this is from 1985. Okay. And this is Tom Hanks and Sally Field in it. Right. And it's terrible. Oh, God. It's terrible, terrible, terrible portrayal. Maybe it was like that in the 80s. I don't portrayal know. Portrayal of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And I still haven't seen a really good one mm-hmm. where I've been like, yeah, that's exactly what stand-up is like. Okay. There's been a couple of TV shows that quite a, I think there's an episode of CSI that had some comedians in it. Mm-hmm. And, but you know what I mean? I get it. I get it. They, can you, can they you, do it badly. Yeah, yeah. Badly. Can you name any movie that really has actual stand-up comedians? Funny people, but he's, he's successful. I'm talking about a movie that has them... A real comic, not somebody who's a celebrity. Yeah, or, you know what I mean? There's a or a stereotype like of, of a comic. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I can't think of a decent yeah. one. They've done it well. I know what you mean now. So, yeah, they yeah. presented a, the archetype of a comic or, or a job or a, yeah. a profession. And it's just, they've totally butchered it. Yeah. And so she hates that. Yeah. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you made you made it right with her, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, she was fine. She just, you know, just she was okay with the show. Mm. She just, every time she sees it, she's just kind of rolling her eyes. Right. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't me. It was just the fact, and that, like I said, what are the odds mm-hmm. that you know a police officer is going to come in? Yeah, and watch but you, the show. You would have thought that you know we can laugh at ourselves. Mm-hmm. You thought that the, the, the that profession needs to be able to laugh at the, at something. You it's know a good what I mean? Point. Yeah, it, it's like you need you need some sort of self awareness, especially in that job as well, to just yeah. take your, not take yourself too seriously. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be on the other end of the uh, of the of the law when yeah, she yeah. comes to get you. You know, yeah. there's going to be no quarter for you there in that no. situation. The only thing I could say is because there are so many cop shows that maybe mm. she's sick Oh, of maybe, it. yeah, yeah, that's you know? it. How far did you go with it? What do you mean? How far did you go with the, the satirizing the, the job, or did you say? Oh, that? it's quite a bit. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, so you yeah. remembered it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I don't even make fun of cops. I make fun of the roles that cops are yeah. in. Like, I don't even like, but yeah, oh, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, come on, let, let it go, isn't it? Hey, there's, there's, yeah. there's worse things out in the world. Yeah. And she was a copy in Scotland? Yes, I believe so. Okay, yeah. all right, so yeah. it might be more difficult up there, that, yeah. that neck of the woods. Any other kind of strange things happened at the fringe this year that you oh, God. that happened to you during your show? There was, um, this was not even during the show. This is like, you just always have these. There's a blend 
Um, everyone's kind of in the... <laughs> there's the cat right there, everybody. <laughs> there's proof. Yeah. Uh, there's a blend of... You get into this, like, Groundhog Day, mm. right? Where you're going to do your shows, you see the same people every day, and you wake up, and, you know, the day is the same, the day is the same. And, and you're having a good time, but Groundhog Day sounds like you're not having a good time. You're having a good time, but I think there's, like, something in you that you're a little bit tired, you're a little bit kind of hungry, you're a little bit maybe hungover. Mm. Everyone's kind of like in a fog sometimes. Mm. Mm. And and me and this other comedian were just talking at a bar. It was one of those tables that they had the candles in the bar. Yeah. And he was really drunk. I don't know who it was. I wish I wish I wish we got a picture with this guy or I wish uh, we talked to him or found out where he's from. Mm. There was a gang of them and I don't know they were in like a, a bar that's normally for performers. So they yeah. were probably a true I'm guessing that they were I'm gonna guess they were a play or an improv troupe because I didn't recognize them and I would have recognized at least one of them if they were stand-ups. He's sitting on, you know how some people just sit on a table? Yeah. And he doesn't realize that the candle has caught his jacket on fire. Right. And I've actually, I don't think I've ever witnessed a fire before. Is your person on fire? I, I've never seen this before. Mm. Yeah. And and we're trying to, me and, Johnny Cochran was sitting next to me. Mm. And, and me and him are like, you're on fire, you're on fire. And he was really drunk. He goes, no, it's fine. And he just was really casual about it or embarrassed by it or drunk that he was not really... He was really nonchalant about yeah. it. And then you really saw how it could spread. Mm. It was like this tiny little flame that got to probably the big as your hand mm. in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. So I actually tore off his jacket because he wasn't listening. And Johnny threw his beer on it. And we yeah. just put it out. Yeah. And then his friends congregated around and just said, what happened? They were looking at his jacket and they were kind of laughing. And they were all having a good time. And they just walked away. And I looked at Johnny and go, no one even said thank you to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just... Another evening wow. out in, you know, yeah, at the, the fringe. At the fringe. Yeah. Just a normal evening. <laughs> normal evening, yeah. Just to save your life. Yeah. yeah. Save your lives, guys. You know, bringing mirth to the world and, yeah. and just saving lives. Yeah. Know, that's it. I would say we saved his life. We saved him from being burned. I don't think he would have no. died. Oh, but, or yeah. se- severe disfigurement, you know. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know maybe 20% of his body being burned. I, I think that somebody else, if we were sitting there, somebody else probably would have caught it, but he <laughs> might have <laughs> had a burn. He might have had a burn. Yeah. And, and if you just sat there just drink your drinks and while let's yeah. Still, you'd have been looking like a right asshole yeah, exactly. wouldn't you you couldn't let that happen oh he wasn't listening we oh, were yelling no. we were yelling at him yeah I'll get it in a minute yeah yeah it's nothing it's just, nothing just gonna get this drink okay just get some nuts Anyone I think from drink? his angle maybe he didn't realize how bad it was but he, he was pretty drunk wow. too Is it, can anyone smell bacon yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's crazy. I know. Crazy. Jeez. Um, so, so you've been saving lives at the French. That's good. Yeah. I mean, did you, did yeah. you not give you a good review? Uh, yeah, I know. I, I think they're really funny. I wish, like I said, I wish we thought, oh, let's take our picture. But he was just really yeah. drunk, and he was just an idiot, and it was just maybe oh, he was no. embarrassed. I don't know that's what sick. it was, but we just never. Yeah. Eh, you know, okay, you know. Cool. Yeah, I guess you don't always need something posting on Facebook with a picture of it. This to prove is true. It. Yeah, this you know, true, it's yeah. just one of those memories. Yeah, it would have diluted the moment, you know. That's yeah, maybe. It. Yeah. Goodwill. I mean, yeah. he's, he's going to send out some goodwill to you. He's like, yeah, those guys saved my life one day. Yeah. I've ended up in a canal once. I then I haven't ended up like catching, setting myself alight, but yeah. I ended up in a canal, you know. But, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that wasn't good. That wasn't a good time. What else is, uh, what else have you been doing with yourself then? Are you still pursuing the acting stuff as well? Or, I, I've had or, maybe only about three auditions in right. the last two years. They've yeah. all, you know, because now you, yeah, they have to have an American accent or Canadian okay. accent, right? Right. So it's been something specific that they needed. And it's usually if they want an authentic one. There was one that was so funny because my agent called me up and said they had an audition for McDonald's. Mm. And I'm actually vegetarian. Ah. And it's funny because they said, I'm such a, such a terrible, I don't know why we're, I'm admitting this, but I just said like, well, you know I'm a vegetarian, right? And they said it paid 16,000 pounds. Mm. And I said, well, my character doesn't have to be a vegetarian. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know I mean? But I haven't yeah. looked at it that way. I've had audition for a few things where mm. it caused me to... I never had to do it yet, but there was one, you know, I had to eat ribs in a commercial and a thing like that. And I kind of looked like, you know, like I explained to my, my friend is also an actor and a vegetarian. And I said, like, you know, if if we were, if we play murderers, we don't have to go out and murder somebody. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, it's all part of your character. Mm. And if your character eats meat or your character uh, smokes is Mm. another one too, right? There's a lot of people who take up smoking that's it. Uh, Just for that one scene. For the scene, yeah. Mm-hmm. For the character, or you know what I mean, like all sorts of things that you do for the character. So I was okay with it. I never got it in the end, but yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so it's just been like a, just a couple of for there, not too many. You're over here two years. Yeah. And you've been going 17 years. Yeah. You mm-hmm. go back quite a bit, do you? I haven't been back in a while. Um, and so why did you come over here? I mean, travel some distances when you yes. go to gigs. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. like, we complain about traveling four hours yeah. over there. It's ridiculous. Like 12 oh, yeah. hours to gigs. Oh, you lorry driver uh, and stuff. Uh, 
Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's um, this is a break for you over here, then, really, isn't it? In in my prime, and this is like when I broke out, and I was able to say, basically, you know, there comes a time. It's a, it's a really cool day for you where. There's about a year of you having a day job where you want to quit your day job and do comedy full-time, but the work isn't coming in yet. Mm. But there's, in that year, sometimes even two years of that, where someone is saying, hey, Winter, we're going next week. You know, the guy dropped out. We want you to go. You're like, I can't. I got a day job. Mm. I can't. I got a day. And that was me for about a year or two uh, of constantly being offered. Because usually when you're new, you get those last-minute ones. That's mm. what you get. Mm. And, and you got to be available. And, mm. and then this opportunity is turned down and these gigs are turned down because you can't just drop your job. Mm. So I made sure that I had a massive tour set up mm -hmm. before I quit. And I quit working, and I was living in Vancouver, and I was gone 22 weeks of that year. And I'm not talking about, you know, gone and then back in my own bed. I'm talking yeah. about I was gone for 22 weeks wow yeah and that's just in canada i'm yeah. still in canada at that point wow you know so we we don't do it like here where you where you drive and you come back mm. uh we go and it is a bit different though like everyone thinks that you guys are used to the driving it, it isn't it isn't because sometimes we'll go and we'll get in the car and we'll go to plymouth and then we'll drive back mm. Whereas in Canada, we wouldn't do that. We would go out and do Thursday night in Plymouth. Mm. We would do Friday night in Penzance. Yeah. We would do Saturday night in Torquay and then come back. We would make it a little mm. tour. Yeah, make it worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. That's more of how we do it there. Mm -hmm. and, and we would be put up, but it would be less comics too. We mm. wouldn't have five on every one of those shows because that would be five rooms that the booker would have to put up. It would mm. be two or three comics only. Sultan Sun King, he was saying that he was traveling like 12 hour driving across the country to get to another one gig. Yeah. To one gig and then like drive back like some, some ridiculous, ridiculous hours in the car. Yeah, he'll do, he'll do that. Mm. But there are some guys who, the thing is, is that sometimes you do drive to a gig and you can't go to sleep afterwards. Okay. So it's not like you do the gig, you go to your hotel room, you'll hit the pillow, you'll yeah. be out. Yeah. And he's pretty wired up, and some guys mm. are pretty wired mm. up. So you're talking about four or six hours after the gig till you're going to mm. hit your pillow. So some of them just say, I'll just drive back. All right, yeah. I'm going to be awake anyways. Mm, mm. But yeah, he has done that. Other people have done that as well. Mm. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's mental. It's yeah. And, and so That's he, dangerous, too. I, I keep worrying about all, all those guys. And guys out here one day, some, I, I'm surprised there hasn't been something that's happened. And then you've got like big animals over there, that like moose and stuff. And that. Oh, and yeah, nice like stereotype. First of all, <laughs> I don't know where you guys get this impression. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it has a perception. Yeah. It's bears and moose and everything yeah. on the road. I know, and it was so funny because <laughs> we were there in like winter one time, and someone said, like, well, where are the bears? Have you seen bears? I go, well, first of all, they hibernate. Yeah. Right? Oh, in right. wintertime. So they're not out in winter. And second of all, they don't patrol the fucking highway. The, the right. motorways, as you call them here, right? <laughs> Just, they're not out stopping. Yeah. <laughs> they're way in the sticks, too. You never see them in the city. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, those, maple, those maple trees as well. All that maple syrup on the road as well. Yeah. Oh, sick. God, it's so good. good. It's so I've good. I've seen a moose. I've seen two bears in my life, but I've never even seen a moose, I don't right. think. Yeah, I've seen some deer and some elk, but I've never seen mm. a moose. That's big enough, so when it don't hit the one of oh, those, yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't hibernate, do they? They just stand in the yeah, road looking yeah. stupid, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know, he's looking stupid. Sorry, looking, yeah. looking majestic, <laughs> majestic in a <laughs> treasure. Is that the it's a national is that the national animal? No. What is the what is it? A leaf. It's not even an animal, is it's, it? It's a beaver. I do a oh, joke I'm about sorry. it. Thanks for watching my set <laughs> while we work together. <laughs> sorry, man. I did watch it. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> but okay. I don't know about, you know, uh, I beaver. Okay, cool. What else is happening with you at the moment? Are you just like building the, a following over here I, at the moment? I, or I think, what's going on? You know, I think it's like, it's gar it's, it's like club shows and bar shows in mm. between festivals. That's what life is here. Right. And the next festival I have coming up... What do I have coming up? i got the Prague one in November. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So two days in Prague to do that one. Mm. And then I come back and do the Aberdeen one. Oh, no, it's Aberdeen oh. first. Aberdeen one. When are you doing it? Uh, November 1st. Ah. That's my show. Okay. So, and then I, and then Prague as well. So two mm. in November. So, yeah, it's like filling in... It's, there's so many festivals here. It's unbelievable. That's the other thing, too. There's so many festivals mm. and there's so many Fringe. And the Fringe is so different here. It's unbelievably mm. different here. Um, um, there's just places to do to, to peddle your wares mm. you know there are places to do your comedy and, and it's amazing because there's people I started off with that didn't fit the bill of a club comic they were funny mm. they mm. knew how to entice an audience but they just you know what I mean they just mm. did not have that late night they could play to a drunk crowd mm. and nobody should by the way but that's the reality of mm. it but they didn't have that and, and they stopped doing it and they went and got their day jobs and they moved mm. on and here they really would have been because sometimes you meet somebody who's really good 
in the fringe, but yeah. they're not really good club comic, or they're not yeah. really a comedian mm-hmm. uh, on the circuit, but they're really good at the fringe. And, mm-hmm. and some of those people just would have flourished here, and it's mm-hmm. a shame. But you have so many options here like that. That's it. You can, you can, it's a lot more long form, isn't it, the fringe, yeah. rather than just like punchy, okay, get them to laugh yeah. out every 30 seconds. You, you straddle the line of both of those things. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're a club yeah. comic and you're a, yeah, a fringe, yeah. a fringe yeah. goer as well. And so you're doing the Aberdeen Festival, I'm doing that in the middle of October. I think it starts in October, isn't it? Yeah, late, late October. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that, that's, that'd be fun. So, uh, yeah, it would be fun. With, with Naz. Yeah, up there, that'd be yeah. good. And so, uh, what show are you taking up? The one you did this year at Breakfast? Oh, no, it's just a compilation show. Oh, just a 20 minute spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. It's just a show that we're all going to do together, oh, kind of. Yeah, it's a club show. That should be fun. Yeah. We're doing to uh, Prague, you said? Yeah. Are you cracking the comedy store? You've cracked the comedy store already? Doing no, not the store. Here? Not the store. All the others, though. Doing the glees and, and the stands and everything like mm-hmm. that. The, the store is just one of those things where uh, that's, I guess that's on the list. It's tough. Mm. It's, it's tough to crack because. Um, everybody wants to do it, mm. and if you look at some of the credits of the people that they have on that show, they're quite impressive credits. Right. And um, but it's not it's not you know it's not it's not the end all to the story. A lot of people, it, it, I guess it all depends on your perception of what it is. I, I did the Manchester one, mm. um, and it's, that's quite nice too. But I mean, you know, there there are if you're not doing a story, you'll still be okay. Mm. Uh, what I'm saying is, is stuff like that. But it is something that I really should get around to doing as well. There's so many people. I say so many people doing that. That you're going to have one or two gigs, maybe if you're lucky, a year mm. from that place. So you need to garner all the rest of yeah, the gigs yeah. to kind of keep you afloat because yeah. you're never yeah. going to survive just on yeah. that one or exactly. two gigs. You yeah, know, exactly. That's it. And you build your following and build your your yeah. reputation up all around that. Yeah. And that just is one more uh, one more um, string to your bow. We go, well, I'll play here. This is it. And it's a shame because I believe there was one time. I'm not sure, but I believe there was one time in this country that if you just said, you know, like, oh, I'm doing the store people would be like, oh, okay, good, and that would be your way into other places, but it's not like that anymore. Mm. It's not as easy because people just have different tastes or somebody's been ruined to them or they've been lied to mm. or... Yeah, it, it's not it's not an open-door policy as it used to be. Who's been lied to? How do you mean? I've seen... Well, maybe maybe someone said, like, yeah, I do the store and, like, did they really do a 20-minute at the store? Did they do a 5-10 minutes at yeah. the store? All smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess that's I guess that's what it is. I don't know. This is before I got here that that, that was just something you could easily say. Mm. Um, you know, I work the store. Boom, you're in. Um, not many, it hasn't really come up too much, too. Like I'm about, I say, only about a handful of times, someone's even asked me if mm. I, you know if I've done it or like, are you in the store or mm. whatever the case may be. But yeah, that's on the list. You grew up in Canada. Yeah. Your is your family into comedy as well, or were they? Where did you start? Where did you get this from? Which oh, like, no, not at just all. Just like a your hole, hole in your your psyche that you need to fill. Yeah. What was it? Um, geez, that's a good question. No, it wasn't from my family at all. What, what do they do? Uh, uh, my dad's an electrician. He worked oh. for Otis Elevators for 45 years. Mm. So, and then my mom was a housewife, and then when we got older, she was a secretary. Mm. So they weren't involved in the arts at all. Uh, I am the youngest, and tend to youngest tend to have a, a sharper wit to them, mm. I say. You know, youngest mm. of five boys, too. So, yeah. Growing up, I watched the American kind of 80s comics, mm. and I didn't really care for them. Right. They were quite filthy and quite it's so funny because you watch it now and I'm like yeah this was filthy in the 80s you're like what mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you know he said fudge or something you mm-hmm. know like oh that was risque you know mm-hmm. but at the time it was really it was really dirty it was really misogynist mm-hmm. it was really just weird stuff that I, I didn't really care for so I actually didn't like the 80s comedy mm-hmm. and then around about the 90s or so when it started to get more sophisticated and it started to have it or you know what I started watching it live because mm. I used to watch it on TV and, and as you see now even today like TV and live comedy is different yeah so when I went out and watched it live I started to like really get into it and started to enjoy it and then I was at acting school and my acting teacher said that I should try it because I sat down and talked to him about you know things and I said like you know I've been watching a little bit of stand up and, mm. and it's not it's not what I thought it was mm. And in fact, to be honest with you, I think I've had this conversation once before that as a child, I never saw someone do stand-up that wasn't famous. Mm. I saw Eddie Murphy do it. I saw Billy Crystal do it. I saw uh, Roseanne Barr do it. Everybody who I knew, Rodney Dangerfield, Mm -hmm. all these people who I saw do it, all these American comics I saw doing it, were already famous. Yeah. So I didn't know there was this amateur night circuit or anything like that until I was older. I didn't didn't even know how it worked. Mm. I didn't even... 
There's no root, isn't it? They no, no, no. And mm. you don't know, you know, mm. if, if that's what you just grow up watching it on t- TV. So mm. to me, it wasn't even like a thing that people did. Mm. And then when I was in my late teens, my friend, a uh, friend of mine did it. Was that in Montreal? In Montreal, mm. yeah, yeah. And we went and watched them a couple times. And it was still kind of 80s-ish because this was would have been 88 or 89. Mm. And he was quite good. He was quite clever mm. and stuff like that. But I just remember the compare being like quite dirty and a right. lot of other people were just a lot of cheap gags. Mm. And it just wasn't to me. And it wasn't until probably about maybe even 10 years after that mm. when I started watching, like, okay, you know, that this person's a bit more clever. They still, you know, you still have some potty mouth ones, but I, I saw more variety mm-hmm. and 10 years later. And who's the first person you saw live? Oh, jeez. I, my, I remember my, my, my uncle and aunt had, like, a anniversary, mm. and they brought in a comedian, but I didn't care for him. Uh. So... One of the persons I always say, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. He passed away. His name's Erwin Barker. Mm. And uh, if there is a link um, to your website, I'll send mm. a link for people to see him and, and watch his stuff. And he was very, very clever and a very good joke writer. And he was also like a nice guy because sometimes you don't be nice people in this business. Yeah. He has a nice side out, out of comedy mm. and stuff like that. And he would just chat to you like a, a normal person. He mm. started a bit later in life, too. I mean, I started when I was 28, which isn't mm. too bad. But he even started, I think he was in his 30s when he started. Mm. And he, 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 he was quite successful. Unfortunately, he passed away. He had cancer. Mm. Uh, and he passed away. And uh, But uh, I'll put a link to it. And you yeah. can see some of his stuff. It was really him that I was just like, oh, I didn't know comedy could be like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, he really pushed the boundaries of what he was what he could do with comedy. It was just intelligent humor. All oh, right. Yeah. You know? It was just... And, and it wasn't like... It wasn't condescending. Because mm. sometimes intelligent humor can be... You know, they're talking down to you. Yeah. It wasn't like that at all. So he was the first guy that was like, oh, I didn't know mm. that's what this is. Do your brothers have anything to do with comedy, or what do they do? No, not at all. The two oldest ones are, I'd say, blue-collar jobs or, mm. or workman jobs. And then my brother, one the, got twins, where one of them is kind of, he, one of them is involved with it, because mm. he, he, he did take acting up for a while, but what he does right now, he's going to kill me if he hears this, because I'm probably sure he'd like to be called an actor. But what he does is that he does um, bookkeeping for magazines, and he, he used to do some playhouses uh, in between acting gigs, but he hasn't, he hasn't done a play in a while. Mm. But, you know, he did take up acting for a while, but he, he's more of a bookkeeper who sometimes does acting. He's going to hate to be aware of that. <laughs> and then his twin is a manager at a store, like basically right. a higher-end Primark store, mm. kind of thing like that. Okay. Yeah. And so not really, except for one of my brothers that's so kind of involved in plays. Do you write plays as well? Do you ever just of writing a play with your... Oh, your... sorts of things. I got a really good advice when I was starting off, and it's just like, no matter what your idea is, always write it down. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, well, that's a good idea, but it can't really work for a joke, like that might come back. Because there was a comedian who did that, mm. and he never even had any inkling to do sketch comedy. Mm. And basically two of his friends started a sketch comedy show. And he didn't read, it wasn't his thing at all, but sure enough, he went back to these old notebooks and he had ideas for sketches that he went and wrote them Mm -hmm. and he was on them and stuff like that. And it was just stuff that wouldn't work in stand-up, but they worked Mm -hmm. in other things like that. So there's all sorts of uh, pilots Mm -hmm. and movie scripts and sketch ideas and plays and Mm -hmm. all stuff like that that's all somewhere written down or written down somewhere. Because it all bubbles up from stand-up anyway, because you're always on thinking about stuff, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You never switch off and go, oh, that would be work for this, it won't work for this, it's too long for that, and it's a little bit too subtle or or niche for, you know, to be doing on a Saturday night or a night. So you start in Canada, yeah, and then you did acting. From, was that from primary school? I mean, or no, 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 no. That was way after. Exactly. It's unfortunate. What happened is basically when I was in school, my group of friends just weren't into that. Right. It just wasn't something that they were interested in. Had mm. they been, I probably would have followed suit. And unfortunately, when you're in school, you kind of do what your friends do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't blame anyone for it, but yeah. it's, it's just a shame that uh, I wasn't friends with more people who were involved with the theater club and stuff mm. like that. But you know you. It, maybe if I had, I wouldn't have liked it, and you know, today I'd be not mm. doing it. So that's the way it happens, right? But was it like go back? It, it's just true with drama and the arts. With it in Canada, mm. um, I mean, I, I mean, this may be a very stereotypical thing now, but were they were, were arts sort of forwarded in Canada? Then, if you know what I mean, like because in Ireland, when I was going to secondary school and, and primary school, yeah. the arts were like you don't want to do 
uh, anything creative because you're never going to get a job in that. Yeah, a little or, bit, yeah. And then it's sort of like, okay, look, you got to do maths or the sciences yeah. or, or look, do you have a farm? No, don't have a farm. But, you yeah. know, that, that kind of thing or, you know, this, that, the, the industrial sort of... Yeah, uh, same kind of thing. Yeah, thing, the same sort of thing. Yeah. So and if you did anything to do with acting, you were you were labelled as slightly effeminate, or you're never you're or, or like you know just in the weird weirdo group. That's yeah. what you're labelled as. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I, so I, I'd say that's fairly accurate. Mm. So it's kind of more difficult to pursue it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. How old are you? I am. <laughs> 30, 36 okay yeah so yeah. not too far mm. I'm, a, I'm a bit older but yeah that's the mm. same kind of thing mm. that's so, same, same kind of thing that was emasculating yeah that's it it wasn't something that we took up and I, and I mean you know you can't blame anyone for it but we I think we did Grease was oh, one of the right. plays Mm-mm. and it was just always the, like anything that you know they had the, the year in school play that anyone could audition for and it was never anything that was like and I, I actually quite like Grease the movie there's nothing wrong with the movie itself mm. like that but it's just it was all old plays that just mm. didn't interest me every year too that they yeah. chose mm-hmm. or anything in it I just found it like just kind of lame I guess is the word for it was it Christian school you were brought up in no no no, no just no. a normal yeah. I, I was brought up in a brother's secondary school okay so every year was the nativity play every single year the same nativity play uh, oh, yeah. you know, they're just like baby Jesus and all that yeah, every yeah. single year yeah it was just like, oh, this is... The, and it never changed. Yeah. It never changed. Ridiculous amounts of lines. It was crazy. Yeah. But but no one enjoyed that. No one enjoyed it. The people doing it, and it was just no fun. Yeah. But yeah. And then it was funny because um, in my early 30s, there used to be a comic. His name was Josh Stubbs. Mm. And he used to just go to these crazy... He used to find these crazy things. Like, he'd go to a book signing or a book reading, and he'd call you up. Like, I'm going to this. He would find these crazy things to do in Vancouver. Mm. And he called us up and goes, you're not going to believe this. There's a school... We probably looked creepy going in. There's a school that put on a production of Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And we all went and watched it. So you had six guys in their early 30s. Oh, there was a couple girls. So four mm. guys, two girls, I think, in their early 30s watching a high school production that I'm surprised they let us in. I'm surprised mm. they didn't just look at us like, oh, I don't know what you're here for. Mm. You know, you're clearly not old enough to be someone's parent mm-hmm. and too old to be someone's older sibling. You yeah. know, we're just at that wrong age yeah. to be in there. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we went in, I think it was like a small amount we had to pay to get in. And it was amazing. Yeah. And they, they had the teacher come out and, and she seemed quite hip and quite young. Oh. And it was really good. And some of the actors in it were quite good. And it's just a shame that, uh, I mean, she probably inspired them and someone might be still acting today from that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I had in my school. Yeah, same. They're making a Beetlejuice too as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I don't think Michael Keaton's going to be in it. I don't, yeah. I don't think he's the second one. Because, I mean, he's going to have to have a really small head, isn't he? Yeah. Because at the end of it, right. he just made his head really small and that's stuff. Right. So, yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing. That I, I've been quite enjoying the. the uh, I call them Europe. It's funny, I call them European gigs, and I keep forgetting mm. that. Well, we are in Europe. But the um, overseas gigs, mm. I guess, is that what you call them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Expat gigs, sort of yeah. things, is it? Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes they're not. I really quite enjoy them. And it's funny because the first one I went to was Bucharest. Okay. And it was like, it was weird. There's a Bucharest festival. And mm. I think someone dropped out one of, these, one of these things. I think somebody was also supposed to do it because I got it fairly close to being here. I've only been in here a few months. And it doesn't seem, seems like something they probably would have planned beforehand. I think that's what happened. Mm. And, um, and I, I, I never even heard of the place before. Mm. You know, it's not something that's come up. And uh, went there. Lovely city, too. I'm glad I went. And it's not a place I would ever go to. And that show probably had about 100 people at it. Probably seven ex, 70 expats, probably, if I was to estimate. Because the, the compare goes out, say, who's from the UK and stuff mm. like that. Probably 10 Americans. Mm. And then about 20 locals whose English was good enough to watch the show. Right. And it was really kind of weird to fly all the way out there just to play to other UK people. Mm. 10 Americans, too. Every, yeah. every time I've done it, I've, there's been some Americans. There's Americans, like, everywhere in the world that I keep running into. I'm like, why, why are you here? You mm. know what I mean? Like, I'm here because I have a show to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. That's been really, really fun and really interesting. And they haven't all gone that way. Right. Um, I'd say the majority of them have expats at it. But in Berlin, they did have some expats, mm-hmm. but there certainly wasn't a majority. It was locals. Yeah. Uh, obviously, their English uh, was good enough. How was that? How did the good. translate? It was them? good because they've been there before. Okay. I, think, I think you run into trouble mm. if you're the first one. Mm-hmm. And this, this room has been going for a while in Berlin. Mm. So the only time you're going to run into trouble is if they, they have a comedy show and it's the first one they've ever done in English, you might have people showing up thinking like, oh, my English is good enough, or, mm-hmm. you know, but they won't quite get it. Yeah. So, so far, not on wood here, that it's been okay. 
Um, and there was only one in the hay that just was sparsely attended, which it's a shame to go all that way, but it still was okay. It was still fine. Mm. You know do you, I mean? you they're like, usually really packed, too. And do you usually do like a, you're doing a full show or you just do 20 minutes and stand up? It's a club show. Oh, yeah. club show, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Which is your favorite city to play in Europe? Uh, I quite enjoyed, uh, we had a really good time in Antwerp. Both mm. times. I've been to Antwerp. Antwerp's only one I've been twice, I think. Yeah, I've done Antwerp twice. So, really good time there. Had a good time in Malta. We had a good time in Guernsey. Norway, they've all been fun. God, if I had to pick one. I guess yeah. Bucharest, because it was the first one that I did, was probably the best time that I have, simply because of that, how is this going to go over, what's going on here? Mm. And it was really, really funny, because they only had two comics come in. Me and Susan Murray, she did very well as mm. well. And um, they had a, he was British, so they had a local guy who was like, he did the quiz of mm. the show. That, that, he does a quiz there on Wednesday and Friday, and they had him oh. compare and he was just like, I don't know why they asked me this. I'm not a comp. I have no interest. Never had any interest doing stand-up comedy whatsoever. And you mm. throw this guy to the lions mm-hmm. and say, yeah, you've got to compare the show. Right. That's always a good start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and he was just going to go up there and just say, hi, everyone. Your first comic is this. You know right. what I mean? And he was like, well, what should I do? And I said, um, mm. I said, you go out there. You make sure you tell them what the show is, right? Mm-hmm. You tell them there's going to be two comics. We're going to have one come up. We're going to have a break. So you have time to get cigarettes, time to get more drinks, the whole thing like that. Tell them uh, who's on the show, that there's going to be two comics, one's from here, one's from there. Mm. Um, ask where are you people from. Say, who's from the UK? Give us a cheer. Mm. Who's from local? Do that stuff and stuff like that so we know or just to get them going yeah. and stuff like that. And I said, you, you, you do the pub quiz here. There must be one funny answer you've got. I think I've seen a couple of comics mm. who do pub quizzes that talk about mm. in their set. He's like, oh, I got loads. I said, well, we'll go mm-hmm. up there. So he gives all the information to them. He tells one story. He gets a huge laugh. He brings the act on. Right. And he comes off and goes, that's better than I've seen most compares do in London. You know what I mean? That's it. That's, <laughs> like, it. that's how simple it is. And he's just being so natural and warm. Yeah, exactly. That's it. He's yeah. just being himself. And that's what compares yeah. need to do. Just yeah. warming themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Dave, you've gone 17 years now. Yeah. But when was the first moment you went, this is it? This is the thing. I know, 17 years ago, do you have that? I'll tell you what it happened. Yeah. Come on, tell me, tell me. Tell me what <laughs> no, I'm so waiting for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing that, you know, has just bitten me and I can't let go of this. This is. The... I, would, I would say there's been so many. I mean, you have to, re, you have to redo it. It's, it's like any job. Mm. You reach a different level. Mm. It's, 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 it's really hard because you start off on amateur night and mm. then you become like a really good amateur. So they kick you off, they kick you off, but you move up on amateur night and then you're you're doing spots and then you're at the bottom of the list and you work your way up. So there's each level has something. But I'd have to say that one of the times that I always remember, and this is 14 years ago, mm. and, and sometimes I can close my eyes and when I open them, I can see exactly what I saw on stage. I could do that sometimes. It's really creepy. Mm. Not every show I've ever done. I'm not like one of those mm. weirdos. Mm. But there's certain shows that just stay with you forever. And about 14 years ago, it was really bizarre turn of events where they, they had a show in Vancouver called The Urban Well. And it was on Tuesday nights. And it's so funny because it was a Tuesday night show. It had a professional MC to it. And they paid their headliner, which is so sad because mm. this is, I'm talking about 14 years ago, which would still be good money today. That's mm. the sad thing about it. Right. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? So everyone did small spots and then the headliner get up and did about 20. Yeah. And it was a bizarre turn of events that I asked to do it and it ended up being exactly on my 30th birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was like... um. Like he said, yeah, okay, we have this date. Like there wasn't, he didn't say, well, how about this day? Like, oh my God, it's my 30th birthday. He gave me some dates. I said, yeah, we'll do it that day because that's actually my birthday. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, perfect. So he gave it to me. So it was my 30th birthday and the show wasn't going well. Uh-huh. And it was a full room of people. I had some friends there and they were chatty. It wasn't working out. And the MC who was a really, really good MC. He was getting a bit of laughs, mm-hmm. but you could just tell people were really disinterested. And it was so bizarre because... And now, now you can see this happen sometimes, is that the moment that the MC went up, he goes, okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your headliner. Everyone shut up. And some people who had their backs to the audience turned their chairs around. And it wasn't because it was me. It was simply that word, it's time for your headliner. Yeah. And people might have been there before. Perhaps sometimes, you know, people sit down and they get their first round of drinks or they're eating. So maybe mm-hmm. the first couple of comics struggled because of that. Mm-hmm. But it seemed that it just really, it was going up and down. It wasn't like mm. horrible. But it seemed like the moment that I got introduced in a real environment as the headliner for the first mm-hmm. time, you really saw the power of that word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it went really well. And there were some people who were just like, how the hell did that go? Like people like were just like, well, that went, you know, you know, they were expecting like, oh, you know, it's his mm-hmm. first time headlining this room and stuff like that. It's his birthday. This is going to suck. And it was really cool. 
Right. So you saw the power for the first time of an audience accepting the fact that the MC has just introduced yourself as the headliner. Mm. You're the last one on the show for a reason. Let's all shut up now. Mm. Uh, I'd love to hear more about Susie from work, but you know mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna finally watch this guy. We're on. We're paying yeah. attention. That's yeah. switched on. Mm-hmm. You said the magic words. You, you have that like a, so many gigs as well. There's some rooms that are some really really hard to play, mm-hmm. and then you watch the headliner go. What is it he's doing? It's like, yeah. no, he's just they get that extra respect. He's yeah. on last, yeah. and he can take his time because yeah. he's got the extra time as yeah. well. Uh, to he doesn't have to kind of get. Yeah, that's the other too, yeah. You know, the opener has to like do lots of different things yeah. to get them, you know, to get them on board and to keep them warm for the next guy and then the because the MCs warm them up, you yeah. have to keep them warm but make them go that little bit further yeah. and then the middle act can just, you know, has a soft spot and the MC can mess about with it as well and then yeah. the headliner can just do his thing, can't mm-hmm. it? That's it. It's um but that's that's pretty Ideally, ideally, it doesn't mm. always work out that way, but ideally, yeah. You, and sometimes places you have to re MC the room. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it it's the most it's the easiest spot, but it's the most unforgiving spot, too, mm. don't forget. Because mm-hmm. not many people walk away ever saying, geez, I like the opener and the MC, but I didn't like the headliner. Those mm. me to say, like, I didn't like that headliner. Yeah. Right? I didn't, I didn't like the headliner. I didn't like mm. the headliner would be the first thing they'll say. Yeah. Whereas if everyone's been struggling, but the headliner was good, they'll walk away a good show. So yeah. it's, it is tough in that. You do yeah. have to bring it, and yeah. you are chosen for a reason, hopefully. Yeah. So when you are closing up the show, you got to be there. Yeah. So that was the the time when you felt that that was it. That's yeah, like a yeah. Bit. I've got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this is what it's like to mm. get that respect or, mm. or get that extra oomph to yourself. Yeah, you know? I have to say that. Jesus, I have to think down, but I have to say that was the first one. So from that gig, I mean, it just kind of snowballs. Yeah, yeah. Really. Success well, breeds success, doesn't it? A slow snowball, easy. <laughs> Snowflake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving to slight hail. Snowball effect. <laughs> Years later. <laughs> it's like breath, a breath of uh, oh dear, it's water vapor just adding to the yeah. ball of hail. <laughs> Not quite the uh, what's that called analogy? Avalanche that yeah. you expected. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear, what was the most crushing? Um, gig you've ever had that's oh, God. been horrendous where has it been in the UK it was Liverpool mm. yeah that's where I died my ass the most oh in Essex too yeah mm. yeah I when I when I consider somebody bombing because sometimes people bomb but if we all bomb Mm-mm. the whole show's bombed and no one had a chance yeah you know what I mean if 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 you if you show up with five or more comics than that and on that bill nobody gets a laugh and I, and I hate to blame the audience on it, but basically nobody had a chance is how I'll just say it, right? Mm-hmm. But when I consider myself or anybody bombing, it's when the show goes well and one particular act doesn't do well. That's yeah. when I'm sorry, you bombed it. Yeah, you and, made wrong choice. And I've had a few here, and uh, Liverpool was really tough, but I, was, mm. I wasn't here very long. I was cocky, right. and I definitely learned a lesson. And came out, and it was crossed arms kind of thing, where it was, yeah, it was tough. And I know how I would do it differently now. Mm. And even, like, on the Saturday, I did it differently. But it was a different crowd, so it's hard to say. The one time I was quite shocked at, uh, in fact, I don't think, I don't think, you know, it's so funny. I think I've done, like, three gigs in Essex, and two haven't gone well. Mm. And it was weird. The third one that I did, we showed up for... The guy cancelled on us but paid us and we left. It was mm. such a, it, That is such a horrible feeling to me. Mm. And a lot of comics are quite happy to get that. I feel awful mm. when you show up, the poor guy's got to pay you anyways, and, and then you just leave. It's so unfulfilling and I feel terrible for it. But of course, you didn't do anything wrong. Right? You did your part. You showed up. Yeah. And a lot of business people, I mean, it's really nice that they just pay us. Mm. I mean, but a lot of business people that... Like, if their mode is business, would say, like, well, no, you didn't provide service, but we couldn't provide service because you didn't provide the service of filling the room. That's it. it there's a legality to it that yeah. I don't think they have to you're getting so, You feel like you're getting so, you're stealing money from him. Yeah, yeah exactly. You haven't done anything. I, I, haven't done, I haven't done anything wrong. You know, i got to get out of my head. i got to just take it and say thank you and leave. But that's the three gigs I did in Essex. And mm. the one, you know, the show was going well. And once again, I think I got up there, perhaps a little bit cocky, but this one had an explanation at the end because Liverpool, I still don't even know. I think. I think I just came out too strong. Yeah. I think. Uh, but the Essex one, I did the, I did the set, didn't go well. Hmm. And uh, I got off stage and I was just thinking about it and this guy came up to me and he said, uh, don't worry about it, mate. It's not your fault. Hmm. It's your accent. Okay. 
And now I've been told that I don't sound Canadian to people. In fact, every now and then somebody thinks that I'm actually an American just saying I'm Canadian because I don't want right. to say an American. Like, mm -hmm. it's that bad sometimes. Not that often, but every now and then that happens. I'm just like, well, why would anyone do that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when he said, don't worry, mate, it's not you, it's your accent, I said, oh, it's because I sound like an American. Mm -hmm. And he said, you just sound like you're not from here. Uh. And I just went, wow. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's just, that's not a reflection... Of all of Essex, this is just one particular pub on this particular night mm. that had whatever the 60 people or 50 people in there. Mm. And even perhaps that's not even all 50. That's just the people who were in the front. Mm -hmm. Even in the back, they might have been enjoying it a bit and you couldn't hear them or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, But a reflection of them, that's what the guy said. That's what one person said out of that group. Mm. So I don't want to generalize it all. But I was like, when I heard that, I kind of felt better that it wasn't my material mm -hmm. or me, but mm -hmm. I kind of felt like it was actually kind of cool to experience that. Because as a white male, you've never experienced somebody mm -hmm. judging you mm -hmm. solely on something about you. Just your accent. Yeah. 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 That's it. Just same simply. In, is that, that was in Essex, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And Liverpool, was that the same thing, do you think? No, I don't know what it was Liverpool. I never got to the mm -hmm. bottom of it. It's just, uh, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I always, I always describe comedy as this. Um, just think of it as that we're all players on a sports team. We're all players mm. on a football team. Mm. And you could be the best player. Mm. And you're just going to have a game where it's just not your night. That's it. Just That's it. go home, go to sleep, come mm. back. The next day you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's incredible when that happens sometimes. That's the only way I could describe it to mm. somebody. It just wasn't your night. Mm. No reason. I mean, you're you're a very warm and like energetic performer. Mm. And as comedy, you know, when you did that gig when you were on your 30th birthday and your first headline spot... Do you think that comedy up to that point had changed you? Do you think that there was something in you that you needed to fill or do you need to fix? Or do you think you were just doing it for the love of it? What was the thing that you did it for? Everyone's going to say, I hate this. I hate, oh God, it's so difficult because a lot of people really psychoanalyze, psychoanalyze mm. the stand-up comedian. Mm. And I really hate it. I mm. really, really hate it because you've met enough. And how long, how many time, how long have you been doing it now? Uh... Just gone five years. Yeah, now. five years that you've been doing it. You've met so many walks of life that do what we do, mm -hmm. right? There's people who, if at a party, they're hiding in a corner talking to yeah. a plant. There's people who will walk in and have to be the center of attention. Mm. And you're like, can somebody take his batteries out? You know, he yeah. won't stop. And there's annoying people like that. There's you know, all sorts of men, women, uh, black, white, uh, Irish, mm. every every walk of life. You know what I mean? Scottish, Irish, here mm. in Lo especially here in London, you'll have everybody: Japanese, mm. uh, Polish. We got every we got, um, uh, what's what's we do? Uh, Romanian. You know mm. what I mean? Like we have all mm. sorts of different comics, all sorts of different personalities. Especially when you go up to Edinburgh, you meet everyone like that. That I hate it when anybody pigeonholes us. Mm. And one of the things that do pigeonhole us is that need for attention mm -hmm. is one. And the other one that really I really hate is that they say a comic has was laughed at when they're younger. Right. They were brought up and they were laughed at, and this is their way to control the laughter. Mm. Now, unfortunately, that is the truth sometimes. But I think that I think I think when it comes to like because a lot of comics say they were bullied when they were young. But the thing is, is that you got to mind you about bullying is that there's only two people: the people who were bullied or the bully. Mm. Right. So the majority, the majority of people were bullied. You know, there's also effects, like, oh, yeah, there's this one guy who hated me, and he was the only guy who really bullied me, you know, yeah. I wasn't really bullied besides. There's always seems to be something, and, and the level of it, some people are, like, ridiculously bullied by the entire class, mm -hmm. and some people are just like, oh, that idiot who kept calling me that name that, you know, no one else would, you know? Mm -hmm. So I hate that, but, you know, because I was the youngest, I was laughed at by my brothers, but not really too much at school. Mm -hmm. I can't say, you know, it wasn't something that happened but mm. it, it was a bit at home and maybe I don't like it because it, maybe it hits close to home on that mm. but it doesn't matter what that is it doesn't mm. matter if you have a need for attention it doesn't matter if you were laughed at as a kid and now you feel the need to control the laughter mm. you still gotta be funny mm. oh, of course no, you know yeah. what I mean mm -hmm. if it's in your personality if you want to be the center of attention you still have to be a writer you still have to be a performer yeah. you still have to want the lifestyle is the other thing too mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. this lifestyle is not for everybody mm. and I'm amazed at people like you know my friend uh, Gary Coleman let's keep naming names <laughs> is uh, he has a day job he has a wife and he has two kids he didn't go this year but last year he went up to Edinburgh for the entire month and I said Gary you have a day job a good day job mm. uh, you're married you got two children I didn't want to leave my cat behind you know what I mean and I'm up here in Edinburgh I don't mm. know how you do it mm. 
And that's the lifestyle, mm. right? You have to accept that. So he's in a relationship. He's in a spot in his life that he can go up there. I mean, the kids and the, and the wife came up and visited him, you know? Mm. So the, the lifestyle of it is another thing. And I, you, even, even in the five years you've been doing it, you remember starting off with somebody who was probably quite funny and like, oh my God, this guy's going to be huge. And just mm. the lifestyle killed them. And mm. they're back to doing their job or they're back to doing something mm. else. And they're probably perfectly happy. Mm. Some people who are successful at stand-up can be successful in other ways as well. Mm. But for me, it's just, I mean, I enjoy the lifestyle, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the people that I do shows with. I like the other comedians. I like getting to know the other people. I like traveling. Mm-hmm. So these aspects of it, I like. But one of the main things is that anytime I've had a job, I'm rarely get good at other jobs, too. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's just like, oh, geez, I'm good at this, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm bored easily. Right. And uh, any job that I have just get so bored of doing yeah. the mundane thing and stand-up comedy is if one thing it's not it's boring mm. at all there's mm. always something going on there's yeah. something weird something throws at you you gotta put a fire out in a bar mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. <laughs> you got a cop giving you a sourpuss and yeah. you don't know why you know there's always mm. stuff like that to keep you on your toes but, but I'm not saying that your past defines you yeah I'm just saying I'm, not, I'm just asking like you think it's changed you it's made you happier it's, it's a major more fulfilled person because if because oh, you're because yeah. you're, cause you're you're saying that you're bored easily so I think that are you an obsessive person uh, I'm, I know again I'm not trying to pigeonhole you at yeah, all yeah, but I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to say that a, a comedian I think yeah. in general is generalising now <laughs> bear with me yeah, yeah. is it has an unquiet mind you know they're mm. always just thinking about yeah. oh this will this thing this will oh it's oh this, I, made, I made a connection with that or this will connect yeah, with that yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, we're always looking for patterns as a, be- as a human beings we do yeah. but I think that the, the comedian's mind is always con- cons- constantly mm. it's never it's never quiet it's never it's never still I mean and of course that that is the thing that is the, is the, is the job because yeah. you need to be obsessive about it to make it better and do you think that that has fulfilled that is it? Is it fed that that need? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I would say so. I, I guess there's probably you know if you really sat down, there might be some other things that I, I probably could have done that could have fulfilled that. But it's it's sometimes it's one of those things that like I didn't choose it; it kind of chose me. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. If I you know if I started off and, and I was rubbish at it, or if I started off and I had a really good that's the other thing too is that I've never had a really good day job. Yeah. I've never been the guy who said, like, I just turned down, you know, 40 mm. pounds a year job to do stand-up full-time. I've yeah. never had that. It's always mm. been... Uh, I mostly worked in restaurants and pubs and stuff like that, which mm. aren't bad jobs at all whatsoever, mm. right? So, but it's never been something that you can't walk away from and mm. find again. Yeah. So that's the other thing, too, is that I never had something that... It's always been going forward. It yeah. hasn't been something that, like, ooh... Yeah, that gives you a nice chip on the shoulder as well, doesn't it, to go... God, I hate this. I don't like this. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. It, I don't want to do this again. Yeah. Oh God, and and, and, it's, and it strives you on, and the, yeah. that little, even with a happy comic or a, like a, a jovial one that you are, and the high energy you yeah. are, you need that little. There's the the edge of mania in that, mm-hmm. anyway, isn't there? Of mm-hmm. like, oh God, this is it. This is it. And there's that that fear of uh, of having no safety net. Yeah, and that's that's so that inspires you on as well. Yeah, and then yeah. this is the this is the la- the island. The comedy is the island. It's like, right, this, this is my island. Yeah. I need to fix this. My I need to find something. <laughs> I need to find something on here. I'm going to make something. This is a raft. Yeah. Oh, that's not quite right. Oh, shit, sinking. <laughs> I to, yeah. yeah. I need to not tie those nuts a little bit better or whatever it is. You know, it's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, escape pod. I think it has made you a better person. Yeah, I think so. A happier person. Well, not a better person, a happier person. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on the show. Tell me your Twitter. Twitter is funny Canuck at CN. C-A-N, my God, I can't believe I just did that. C-A-N-U-K, so it's Canadian-U-K together. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people say I'm spelling Canuck wrong, but it's because somebody else has the actual funny Canuck. Right. Because Canuck is spelled C-A-N-U-C-K, yeah. and somebody already had it. Right. So I thought so funny good. Canuck with just the K. Mm-hmm. So I just come with people like, you know you spell Canuck wrong? I'm like, oh, would you just... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then the website DavidDesonis.com DavidDesonis.com Well, yeah. thanks for coming to the show, man it's Thank you for having me Thank you for stopping by And thanks, Mitzi That's for, right, uh, Mitzi the cat in. is here as well <laughs> Put a picture of her up <laughs> For all the people And that was episode 19 with David Tesonis I had a great time talking to David He's honest, he's a very funny man If you haven't seen him, go check him out You know what, right? Sometimes when I record these links it just flows. But today, it's just clunked along. I don't know what take this is. I think this is take 20. I'm being a little bit too self-aware today. I'm being a little bit, I'm being a little bit too 
judgmental with everything. I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes it flows, as I say, sometimes it just clunks along. This is one of those days when it's just clunking along. I think it's because I got a lot on. I'm going to see my brother. My brother's over from Australia tomorrow, so maybe that's what it is. I'm I'm going to go see him. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm trying to get everything ready so I can have the day free to, to go and meet him. You know, you shouldn't try and force these things. You just try and let it flow. If you like this podcast... And you want to follow us on Twitter, we're there, at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter, at Winter Phonander. I've actually started putting the at Guinness jokes on there. So I'm reading the Guinness Encyclopedia and getting as many one-liners of jokes and putting them up on a Twitter feed, which is at Guinness jokes. Check it out. You know, you might be interested. You might like it. You might not. Hey, you might hate it. Just, you know, whatever. But I'm doing it. That's the main thing. It's doing things. The doing is the most important thing. If you want to come see my live stand-up gig dates, you can find them on my website, which is winterphonander.com. Now, if you like this podcast and you want to donate to us, you can find us on Patreon. Just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast, and you can donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick something back to us, just leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean, because it really helps. The next episode we have is episode 20 with Philip Simon. Now, some of the subjects we talked about, Philip got very passionate about, which is great. You know, I, I love people being honest and passionate about comedy. And I agree with him on money, the points he made about what we were talking about. But I'm going to leave you on that as a cliffhanger. That's it now for this episode of the Comedy Defect podcast. We'll catch you next time for episode 20 with Philip Simon. We'll see you next time.